Hi, everyone. Please consider leaving us a review where you listen to the podcast and also subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. We would also love for you to consider joining the She Speaks community. It's free to join and you'll get the chance to have first access to surveys, giveaways, product reviews, sampling opportunities, and great content like this podcast. Visit SheSpeaks.com to join and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at SheSpeaksUp. Welcome back. Hope you're all having a great week so far. As we speed through December, I like to think of December as just such a fun month that I know people always kind of look forward to December, but it's also one of those months for me that just goes so quickly. Um, You know, there's some slower months and some faster months. And for me, December always seems to go very quickly. So here we are almost in the middle of December, gearing up for the end of the year. And I am excited to share with you a wonderful conversation that I had with such an incredibly impressive young woman. Her name is Heli Sunny, and she is a influencer. She's built a huge community of young women on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. And what she's known for is these daily vlogs, uh, video logs or blogs, and uh, where she talks about topics that young women, girls need to know about their bodies, their changing bodies, adolescence, uh, puberty, all of these, uh, all of these topics that she felt like were taboo topics and were not things that people were discussing, but was a sorely missed opportunity for young women and girls to kind of learn information that they didn't really feel comfortable asking other people. She has a series called TMI Girl Talk. That is TMI standing for too much information, but it's also really great content. And these are Q&A style videos. um, And she's done so much more with this, this amazing community that she's built. She's partnered with with other communities, with young women in them, and really is on a mission to help educate girls, young women about topics that are just not discussed in a way that is really open and honest to give information. So one of the things that um, I think you'll find truly inspiring about her and her story is just how young she is and how she has just been so steadfast in her mission to create this content to help other young women and girls out and uh, how she's really becoming a change maker. With that, I'm going to let you hear my terrific conversation with Haley and we're going to jump right into it. Here we go. Haley, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, we are too. I mean, I am so astounded by how long you have been creating content, given how old you are now. So you've been doing it for since you were a teenager. What got you started in creating content when you were a teen? So I, I've always loved just turning on the camera and just telling stories. I feel like I'm a storyteller. Even before this like term like vlogging was coined, like I have home videos of me like at eight years old like putting down a camera and just like talking about what happened at school, like just like very random stuff. And then one day when I realized I could upload these onto YouTube, I was like, wait, that is so exciting. I didn't know that you could like upload your own videos onto there. Like I think YouTube definitely makes it more accessible to like have a platform and like to share your story with other people. And I I grew up moving a lot. So I was always the new kid and that's already a struggle as it is. So I was like, you know what? I just want to focus on 
kind of like being like online, making my friends online, building a community online, because that I can bring with me no matter where I end up moving. So that's kind of how it started. I, I think it was 2012. I was 12 when I uploaded my first video. But yeah, I've been like a content creator officially since I'd say 15, 16. That, uh, it's, a, it's unbelievable. And it's one of the things that I'm so impressed with your generation in that you were able to take your storytelling interest and, and, and bring it to life in a way that, you know, has not been available to people before. And the fact that you did it at such a young age. So you mentioned that you moved around a lot. I always am so impressed with kids who grow up that way and how they figure out how to have things that are normal, given the fact that they're moving so often and meeting always the new kid. How did you determine that this was like a way to do it? Because as you said, you moved a lot. How often were you moving? Just so I get a sense. Um, We were switching countries like or cities every like two and a half years. But I was always just like starting new school schools because my parents wouldn't like like the area and they'd be like everyone always asks me were your parents like in the military like did they have a government job like why were they moving so much and it was literally because they they're very spontaneous they would get bored and they thought in their heads and I couldn't understand this at the time and looking back now I totally understand they kind of wanted me and my younger sister to experience different cultures, learn how to speak English. Like I'm very grateful that now I like speak English fluently. Like if I hadn't been moving, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And that's allowed me to like reach a much wider audience now. Um, But yeah, it, it definitely was hard to kind of make sense as to like why they wanted to like always have us be at a different city. Absolutely. Well, what is, so what is your, uh, English is not your first language, right? Yeah. What is your first language? Turkish. Oh, wow. So you did not just move within the U.S., you moved around the world in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I was born in Turkey. I've lived in like Dubai, Miami, Istanbul, LA. I'm in New York now. This is like my final stop for now. For the, for the time being. Well, so you're in college now, right? You've been, you switched to transitioning from, you know, filming yourself growing up to the transition to college and is, was college in New York city? So I actually went to UC Santa Barbara and I'm on a leave of absence at the moment. So I'm still technically enrolled in college, but because, you know, this is my full-time career now and it's really hard to balance it all. I did it for the first few years. I was the like college girl filming her college life. And like, that's kind of like what my content was around. But um, as work started getting a little bit more hectic, I kind of realized, you know, I want to focus on this and college is always there for me to go back to. But, and, and I did still get that like traditional experience as much as I could. So I'm, I'm really glad I did that. I have no regrets with like the way that I did it. Yeah. Well, and and I think we are living in a time where it isn't necessary for people to have to do that traditional, okay, I went to college, I got this degree, because you can make a living from what you're doing now, which is content creation. You have the, the TMI girl, 
um, Girl Talk. Can you talk about what that is and how that got started? Yeah, of course. So TMI Girl Talk is like, it's my baby. It's my favorite series that lives on my channel. And it started off with just one video. And that video was called something like answering questions that you're too afraid to ask your mom. Because like I said, I'm Turkish. I grew up in an environment like my family in Turkey. These weren't topics that were talked about a lot. And I would get nervous sometimes bringing up these like physical bodily changes that I was going through with puberty or like relationship advice or just like things that us females kind of struggle with on a day-to-day basis as we're growing up. I would get nervous to sometimes even bring this up to my own mom. But for some reason, um, when I'm sitting down and I'm talking about it with a bunch of strangers that I don't know, and they don't really know me, I feel a lot more comfortable. And TMI Girl Talk basically is me answering questions that are sent in anonymously by girls that live all across the world. And these are questions that they might be too afraid to like even Google or like, you know, they feel bad um, because they're stigmatized topics. So they end up going back and like clearing their history and stuff like that. And because it's all anonymous, I don't really share anyone's name when I'm giving like advice about these things. Everyone feels very like comfortable. Um, So it started off with that one like, answering questions you're too afraid to ask your mom. And I I like to like watch that video back and realize like I was really nervous even like answering them myself. And the video's a little bit more PG. Um but with every new episode, I got more comfortable and just more personal and so did the questions that were coming in. So now I think we've done like 10 episodes. It's been a success and it's one of my favorite videos to film on my channel. So what do girls want to know? It's everything from, you know, when you're going through puberty and your body's changing, it's things like, how do I shave? Like, what's the best way to shave or like remove my body hair? Should I be removing my body hair? Why are we removing our body hair? Kind of also like digging into like gender roles, um, expectations that are kind of placed on us. And then a lot of them are about sex because, you know, girls in their teens, this might be something that they're new to and they don't really know who to go to for advice. And sex is very tricky. It's also not something that everyone around the world just like openly talks about. Like we're not just like, you know, it's still a very like hush hush topic in our world. Um, So, yeah, a lot of like female health related things. But we've kind of even branched out into things like mental health and confidence and friendships and like our purpose in life. I think with every chapter that I'm going through in my life, like whether that's college and I'm like casual dating or now I'm in my 20s in a new city and I'm like becoming a young adult, like it's and my viewers are growing up with me. So we're always like uncovering different topics. And it's it's been a really fun journey to be a part of. Um, I love that. Well, I'm, I'm curious too, if you can share, how do you think things are changing? I mean, you mentioned this idea of, you know, what do you do with, as it relates to body hair, that we have differing opinions now on whether this is something that we have to deal with as as women as girls do you think that that is that 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 young women are changing their perspective on this oh 100% i think things like sex and like bodily hair it was even though it was like related to females the narrative was always controlled by men 
like the standards were always placed by men. And I'm actually rewatching Sex in the City now. And I remember Sex in the City was a show that was always like known as like, you know, a change maker in the like traditional media world because they're talking about all these topics that are very like taboo and they're like bringing light to them. But now that I'm like watching the episodes back, I'm like, I mean, it's great that, you know, they were pioneers and like opening up these topics to women. But the way that they're talking about it is a little bit unrealistic sometimes. And it still comes from that male gaze perspective. And I think with Gen Z and our generation, women are finally taking ownership as to like what we want to do with our bodies. Not like, okay, well, like here's like the 101 on how to get the perfect shave like down there. It's like, okay, well, why, why do we want the perfect shave down there? Like, let's talk about that a little bit. And in my videos, I'm not, I'm not telling anyone what to do. I'm not saying, you know, this is the right way or this is the wrong way. I share my personal experience. I say, this is what I do. And then I say, but you don't have to do what I do. You can do what you do. And like, that's why I like having guests come on my show as well, because everyone's experience is different and getting multiple perspectives in there kind of like, allows these to be relatable to a bunch of different types of people. Do you think that because you spent time around the world, do you think that that is changing just in the U.S. or do you see it changing in other parts of the world? So I actually, I have a Turkish channel as well where I only speak in Turkish and most of my audience is Turkish or neighboring countries in that area, like Middle East a little bit. Um, and I will say there is a shift happening everywhere. I think women are gaining recognition and being in places of leadership all across the world. I just think that it's coming in slower paces compared to other places. Like when I upload my videos, I, I still film the same girl talk videos in Turkish. I'll answer the same questions. It's just like the effect that it has in places like that is a little bit more extreme, I'd say. Like when I post the videos, I see a lot of creators kind of tap into that girl talk niche on YouTube in the US. And I'm glad that that's something that's being popularized. But like compared to Turkey, I'm one of the only people on there talking about these things. And then when I read the feedback, it's a lot more intense. It's, it's good a lot of the time, but a lot of the time it's different. So not everyone is okay with stepping out of that comfort zone that they've been in for so long. What can women in the older generations, like myself, what's the best thing we can do to be supportive? I mean, I like look at my mom, right? Because she's she was also raised in that older generation. And on top of that, there's like the intersection of like a different culture. And me being someone who's a little bit more on the extreme side, I'm like, I'm loud and proud when it comes to talking about these things. I just say to my mom, mom, like you need to approach me with an open mind. Like, and you also just need to be a good listener. You have been a part of this society and maybe it's more, it's influenced the way that you think more than you realize. Like, you know, when I wear something that's maybe a little bit more scandalous in her eyes and she's like, do you really want to be wearing that? I, instead of kind of rebelling against her and I, and I did my rebellion, like in high school, you know, I had those like angry fits of being like, I can wear whatever I want. But I kind of had to understand, like, let's sit down and have a conversation about this. Let's break down why you think it's wrong for me to wear this just because of its length. Like what does three inches more of 
a leg. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, why do you think that that's something bad? And when we sit down and we have like these conversations where she's giving me her perspective and I'm giving her mine, we kind of realize like, wait, this just goes back to tradition. Like, this is just something that you've accepted. And because it's been done for so many years, you kind of assume that it's the, the right way to do it. Just because something's been done a certain way for a really long time doesn't make it like the truth. I, I would love to get your perspective on this because I have daughters, I have two teenage daughters, and I have this conversation with them all the time. For me, it's always, okay, I have to protect myself. Like the, our perspective is, and one that we got growing up was, you can't trust that other people are going to control themselves and why tempt fate by wearing something that you would, you know, would attract attention. So for me, when I think about this, it's very much a safety issue. But when I talk to my kids, their perspective is more about the fact that, well, wait a second, why am I responsible for how someone else is going to behave? And I feel like your generation, you seem to have much more of a perspective that other people need to be like they have to have their own personal agency. They have to be responsible for themselves and you can't allow that to kind of affect what you are going to do. But I want to get your perspective as someone who is of that generation, but also who talks to many young girls and, you know, teenagers who have that say, you know, who are also growing up and dealing with these issues. Does that seem to ring true that your generation just has a different perspective on that? A hundred percent. I've had the same exact conversation with my own parents where they're like, you know, it's not because we don't want you to be showing your skin. It's just like, we don't want you to be in danger. Like we don't want to put you in danger when you're outside. And I'm like, okay, so I have to restrict myself. I have to be the one that's like bearing the burden of this because of somebody else's actions. Like that just does not seem fair to me. And to me, that's also not breaking the cycle. That's not creating change. It's like, if you are so worried about my safety, then you should come into my school and talk to my school about, instead of you instilling a dress code on girls and saying, we don't want you know them to show our shoulders. How about you talk to your students and you say, you know what? These are shoulders. You shouldn't be talking, you shouldn't be sexualizing women around you like that. A lot of that goes hand in hand with just like education around these topics. It's like if we're in sex ed class and you're putting boys and girls into different classrooms, then that's going to have a cultural effect. It's going to create this idea in their heads when it's already so like impressionable that, you know, we're, we're learning about sex and we have to be segregated. We have to be, you know, gender divided because, you know, this is something that is, you know, something that we have to keep private. It's something that has to be taboo and like stigmatized. It's kind of like, I think that we have to be the change makers. Um, when we're raising our own children, like we have to educate boys. Hey, don't sexualize women around you like that. Like we can't always look at the daughters and say like, you have to adjust your life and accommodate your life to the way that men are. Like, I hate that term. Like men will always be men. Like, I absolutely despise that because, like, let's, you know, raise the next generation to be better men so that we don't have to deal with that when we're older. I think that is a very fair 
perspective. And I think too, one of the other things that also strikes me about your generation that my generation didn't have to deal with in the US was we didn't go to school feeling like, God forbid, we might have to go run and take cover in a place because there was something dangerous that was going to happen, right? I think your generation has a very different perspective because of that. those experiences you've learned since you were little kids that, okay, if, if there's an active shooter, this is what you do. This is how you go hide. This is what, that is not something that my generation had to even consider. It just was not something that we worried about, we learned about. And I think if you grow up with that perspective that, okay, you're being taught from a young age that you could be in mortal danger just for going to school, you learn that what is really important and you start to focus on, okay, what are the big battles that I want to engage with and I want to pursue? What do you see happening next in terms of what content and this community that you're building of women and what you might, young women and what you might do with it? I honestly think that the more knowledge and access to education that we have around these topics, because an access to education comes with, first of all, let's take away the stigma around it so that at least we can have a conversation about it. Once we have conversation, then we have the transfer of knowledge from woman to woman. So then we become we become a closer, more powerful community together because, you know, it's almost like some people have placed these barriers between us to keep us away from each other, like being able to like share these, you know, insider hacks that we might have. And once we have access to the knowledge around our bodies, then you become in control of your body. And when you feel like you're in control of your body, that's empowering and that's going to affect every chapter of your life. It's going to affect your confidence. It's going to affect the way that you go into an interview when you're going to get your job or how you act in college. Like it's just, and that's essentially my mission at the end of the day. If I can post a video and it's just like a little spark in a conversation that, you know, a girl's going to watch it and then she's going to talk about it with her own little group of friends. And she's going to talk about it with her sisters. And then it's just going to create this domino effect And there's just going to be more conversation, more knowledge being spread, and just more females that feel confident and like they don't need to feel this pressure around them as to like how they need to act or what they need to look like. And they're just boss ladies, you know, living their life the way that they want to. That's where I want all of us to be able to get. You've had some really cool opportunities that have arisen from the uh, TMI Girl Talk videos. Isabella Granick uh, reached out to you. Can you talk a little bit about this, uh, the idea that you had with in collaboration for Boob Blurb and what that process was like for you to collaborate on it? Izzy Grandage, she actually reached out to me just like she cold emailed me and she was like, hey, I have this idea. She's also someone that I really look up to. Um, someone my age. And she was like, I, and she's more on the science side of things. Like she's done a lot of projects around women's health. And she was like, I have this idea that I've been meaning to start. And it's a conversation starting card game. Um, and I've kind of been on the internet seeing like w- what people would make sense for me to collaborate with on this. 
And I and she came across my TMI Girl Talk videos and she was like, I was a viewer and I would learn a lot from your videos. And I thought they were really fun and engaging. And I saw that you already have a solid community of girls who are very interested in this. And how cool would it be if we could kind of turn this into a game format where it's we have around 130 cards and we like to call it a card game where nothing is TMI. We come across and like the TMI in my girl talk series is kind of just like there for show because people will click it. But the first thing I'll say is nothing is too much information. Anything that happens to your body is normal because if it wasn't normal, it wouldn't be happening in the first place. It's normal. And maybe it's something that you're going through that might you might need some medical attention, but then you're, you're going to overcome it. You don't need to feel insecure because you're going through something and you just like don't have anyone to turn to because you don't, you know, you don't have the right advice. So it's 130 cards with wild cards, question cards. Basically, we want girls who come together and they might be strangers. They might be new college roommates. They might be in high school at a sleepover. And we want them to be able to like have these change-making conversations, things about women's health, things that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. Um, It's kind of like a similar format to my TMI Girl Talk videos. It's just like sometimes people don't have the courage or they might feel a little bit shy with coming up with the questions themselves because sometimes even asking the question is something that takes a lot of courage. And if you're on that boat, the question's already there. And I think it like creates these safe spaces for girls to come together and be able to have conversations around these things. And what do you think, why do you think that these conversations are so stigmatized in the first place? I think it goes back to what I was saying about like gendered power dynamics, because um, I think it's definitely like the patriarchy kind of wanting to keep women at a lower level in the power dynamic. And it all kind of goes back to this greed for power, money. If women feel insecure, then there's less competition for them, I think. And if there's less competition for them, then their chances of making more money and profit off of them is a lot easier. And I think it's it's definitely something that's changing. Um, Like I said, like I will read the feedback that I get on these videos or people playing the game and they'll say something like, I, for example, like, They'll say, I didn't know that there were multiple types of birth control options that were available to me. And as someone that's sexually active, I've been hiding it from my parents. And I, you know, I felt scared to get it on my own. And now that I know that I can, you know, maybe get a shot every three months, that's something that's a lot more attainable for me and doable for me. That can change the course of her life. Her having access to birth control and not ending up with having a baby that she doesn't want to at an age where she isn't ready for that. That's going to change the rest of her life. She can go to college. She can get a job after that. And she can provide a living for herself without having to be dependent on anybody. So yes, it's making talking about things like puberty and women's health easier. But I think it's going to also have a lot longer generational effects on just how women are functioning in society. I'm curious to get your take and to hear your perspective from from the community you've built, talking with uh, these young women, how are people in your community reacting to the Roe v. Wade, the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade after 
so many years of it being sort of the, you know, right. What it was in 1972. So 50 years of it being kind of the law of the land. How are young women reacting to that? Young women are furious. It's almost like we felt like we had so much progress and in just one decision, like 50 years of progress feels like it was overturned, but we always, as like, you know, people with platforms, we don't want people to start getting hopeless and just like turn away from wanting to make any change. I, we kind of want to take this as fuel for the fight that we have going on. And that's why I think like having these conversations is so important. And it's also so interesting to me because for the longest time, because I've been posting girl talk videos on, you know, both in the US and in Turkey, which, you know, culturally isn't as progressive when it comes to things like this, my audience on that side is just in such shock as people who are watching this decision be made from an outside perspective, because for the longest time, America has always been seen as like, you know, women thrive and so much progress and, you know, you can go and live out your dream. And now we see like so many people's lives going to be affected by this decision. It's just like, so as someone who's been able to kind of compare the two perspectives, it's just kind of baffling. Yeah. Well, what is your overall goal with these projects? I mean, you have so, there's so much a value, I think, in what you're building and ha- building this community of young women who are talking with you and not just in the U.S., but around the world, there is so much you can do with it. The 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 boo blurb is one example of it, but there's so much you can do with it. And what do you what do you see yourself doing next? And what do you hope that you can do with the community in the future? I just love that with every video, my community just starts getting more and more badass. They just are building their confidence. And for the first time, it's like, I feel like we've always been intimidated by men because, you know, we'll walk into a workspace and we'll just feel like we need to really prove ourselves, work twice as hard to be able to like get to positions that they have been easily, um, a lot more easily um, been able to attain. And I kind of like see that dynamic balancing itself slowly but surely. And I'll have, you know, messages come back saying, I finally was able to leave my toxic boyfriend after months of like suffering his verbal abuse. And like, I've never felt better. And it's it's little things like that that I think are, like I said, going to make this overall cultural shift. And when it comes to my personal projects, like how I want to grow Boob blurb and TMI girl talk. I think that there are so many more conversations to be had, um, and there are so many more pockets of this. For example, boob blurb, the the game that we have right now, we like to call it the general pack. But we are working on expansion packs that focus on pregnant women and their journeys with pregnancy. We have expansion packs that are going to be focused on immigrants and how being an immigrant woman affects your day to day life. And personally, what I would love to do where I would like to take this is kind of turning it into some type of talk show, um, like a similar to like a podcast where I can bring on women from all different walks of life. And I think it's just when we're all sitting down and we're becoming vulnerable um, with each other, it creates the special connection. Like it's almost like building connection and being vulnerable has been something that's kind of been deemed as being weak 
or something like that. And I think that's also changing where we're like, wait, you go through that too. I go through the same thing. Maybe I can help you out and you can help me out. I want to get your opinion on this because we there is so much information out right now about how social media has been very negative for young girls um, and how it has really had this negative impact on, on their confidence and mental health. You are someone who since a, from a young age, since your early teens have been creating content and putting it out there. And we all know that Everyone's got an opinion and the, some of those opinions are not nice. Can you talk a little bit about how you deal with the inevitable negativity that's coming at you for this work you're doing, which is so mission-based, right? It's so you, it's so clear to me that you have a passion for what you're doing and you feel so strongly about the mission behind the content you're creating. That is very personal and I'm sure that there are times that you get some negative feedback. Can you talk just a little bit about how you manage through the inevitability of some of that negative feedback? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I've been doing this for a while and I've gotten my fair share of hate comments. And when I was younger, like in the earlier years of doing this, it would affect me. I would cry a lot. I would say, you know, I put so much effort into this video and I put myself in a position of vulnerability. I'm going online and hundreds and thousands of people are learning about like what I do in the shower. I've really like exposed myself like this and that's taken a lot out of me. And now someone behind the screen is saying like, oh my God, this girl's just looking for attention. At first I would really take offense and take it personal. But I think I got to a point in my life where I was like, you know, I'm not someone that goes around and gives people negative feedback. I can maybe criticize something that, you know, they've done, but I always approach them with grace. Like, I'm always going to say, you know, maybe I don't agree with you, but I'm going to say, I disagree with you, but how can I see where you're coming from? How do I think that you can change your narrative to be more accepting of a larger group of people or whatever it is that I'm criticizing about them? But these people are fully attacking. You know, they're lost in their own lives. I never take it personally anymore. I think that if someone is out there spreading negativity, they're probably working through some personal traumas or just like personal things that they're dealing with. Um, because someone who's happy and confident in themselves doesn't feel the need to go online and give other people hate. So it's been a lot easier for me to like detach myself. I have to tell you, Haley, it takes a lot of people many, many years, if not a lifetime to come to the conclusion that you've come to at such a young age, which is when things like this happen, it is rarely about you. It is really much more about what that person is going through and what's going on with them, how they're feeling about themselves. But the fact that you get that at such a young age, it's kind of unbelievable. You're wise beyond your years. Yeah. So Haley, if people want to follow you and because I, I cannot even imagine all the amazing things you're going to continue to do, what is the best way for them to do that? So YouTube is my main platform. It's just my name and last name, Haley Sunny. Same with all my platforms. I'm Haley Sunny all across. And I would love for them to join our journey. I feel like we have a really good family and it's just a bunch of like really cool women all across the world that are really there to support each other. Like it's a nice feeling being a part of something like that. 
Well, Haley, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And I can't wait for people, our audience to hear what you have to say. And uh, I'll be continuing to watch what you're doing because it is really inspiring. And thank you for all that you do. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share a little bit more of my mission. Thank you for listening to our show. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is just to leave us a five-star rating wherever you listen to the show. You don't have to write a review. You can just leave us one of those five-star ratings. And that is really the best way to support the show so we can bring you more great content. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at Until next time.